0: It's Tuesday, May 19th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Simon Erickson, and from Stock Advisor, Sarah Hav. Happy Tuesday, guys. Hello there, Mark. Hi, Mark. Pleasure to have you here. And we have plenty to get to today, including earnings from Urban Outfitters, projections for Disney, and of course, the biggest story a new Oreo flavor. But first. <laughs> Let's talk Baidu, Simon. You've been writing a lot about Baidu recently. You are a resident expert on the topic. I'm a little confused, though. It seemed so simple to tell what Baidu was doing once upon a time. Now I hear they're buying Nokia's
1: Maps unit. What is it exactly that Baidu is up to these days? So Baidu, thanks, Mark. So the premise for this, this is kind of the Google of China. This is the (laughs) dominant, you know, search engine in the world's most populous nation. And to your point there, they've been investing very heavily in mobile. Mm. Uh, for the last couple of years, they're trying to get optimized web pages for mobile. They're making investments uh, strategically for, for mobile. But it's going to be all about mobile for Baidu. And this is, for them right now, a uh, very lucrative in, in, in the first place. because They've got 600 million monthly users. And they're actually distributing, get this, about 42% of all mobile apps in China right now. Wow. So, dominant competitive position, mm-hmm. but, you know, the reason that, I, that I've that i got my eye on this, and we made it one of our best buys now, actually, in, in MDP this last month, is um, I think that the story gets even better. Um, Baidu has, has fallen about 25% off of its highs. It's now at about a $70 billion, give or take, company. And I think that there's still a lot of room for growth as Baidu kind of branches out into what they're calling offline to online um Uh, kind of facilitating transactions Mm -hmm. it's not just you know you're using your phone to search for something you're using your phone to search for something that you then complete a transaction with this could be movie tickets this could be booking a restaurant you know anything like this for these small businesses around china baidu now has these you know the 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 competitive um, position for all these mobile devices Mm -hmm. and i think that over time that increases the cost per click of their advertising customers. And that makes this company worth a heck of a lot more in the future. And that's why I've got my eye on
0: it right now. And you mentioned the stock price has fallen off of recent highs. Valuation wise, do you think now is the time to
1: buy or are we going to wait for Baidu to dive deeper into mobile? Um, dive deeper into mobile is, is a tough thing to say because they've already put so much money behind it already. Okay. But I think that, you know, I don't think that's been fully appreciated yet. You, you look at, you know, the size of some of these transactions and how many people are in china and using mobile devices to start you know kind of bring a lot of business to these to these small companies i th- i think baidu is in the perfect position to to go for that i think that today's stock price um it's worth a lot more than what we're looking at today
0: all right uh speaking of stock prices teen retailer urban outfitters shares are dropping hard today sarah what is going on here
2: yeah so the problem here is that uh that urban outfitters actually encompasses several brands. The most well-known is, as you said, a, a retail store, the eponymous store that caters toward young 20-somethings and teens. They had a lot of trouble uh, maintaining their sales growth, what had been pretty heady growth for a while. And um, they seem to have just come out of the woods with that uh, last quarter. But then this quarter, uh, same-store sales at anthropology which has been a much more um, uh, a much more forgiving and steady growing brand uh, catered to a little bit of an older crowd. Mm. Um, it, those were only 1% this quarter. So we saw, uh, although the overall revenue was still at a record level, we saw a net income drop of 37%. Mm. And that's just really scaring everyone that maybe this company isn't turning it around like we had hoped.
0: Scares me. Uh, and in, in the report, in the announcement, excuse me, they mentioned a lot of costs too. They built a new distribution center in Pennsylvania. Uh, they're, they're building up their e commerce brand. By the way, I don't get that. Their e commerce seems to be costing them more than their regular bricks and mortar retail. I thought the point of selling online was because it's cheaper than bricks and mortar. Why is Urban Outfitters spending so much to figure out something it seems like a lot of other retailers have already figured out?
2: Well, I think that that comes down to uh, the unique aspect of these particular brands mm. and the, and their stores, especially at stores like Free People and Anthropology. the The in store experience really creates an an all around atmosphere that I think leads to higher sales and add on sales. I think it's harder for them to just capture that same type of um, Feeling in the the customer online, but I do think they're they're getting there. I I realize that this is a scary drop today for a lot of shareholders, seventeen percent, right? Yeah, Yeah. and other investors on the heels of what was a fairly rocky year last year. But I do think that uh, we'll see sales come back at Anthropology. It's been um, traditionally very strong, and uh, retail in general has been pretty bumpy and volatile, Mm. and. Um, free people is still growing like gangbusters. So, I think with the new distribution center in Pennsylvania, that will actually help the e-commerce situation because it will allow anthropology to ship things much more quickly to the whole Northeast and East Coast corridor, which is where um, most shoppers uh, in the country reside.
0: All right. That's definitely something to watch for. Uh, There was a great article over on MarketWatch yesterday saying that the new Star Wars Episode Seven, Force Awakens, uh, could boost Disney's stock by 25%. I was looking at this. Over the last three months, leading to The Avengers, which is obviously a huge success uh, in the box office for Disney, the stock was only up in the last three months 5%. But the last six months before the Avengers came out, the stock is up nearly 25 percent. Although that included yet another stellar quarterly uh, report from Disney. Simon, do you think that Disney stock is really going to boost, uh, get boosted 25 percent
1: thanks to Star Wars? Well, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the first thing I looked at was the Star Wars franchise, obviously, of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, just to, to answer your question with another question, I, <laughs> I, I suppose. I found out that Star Wars, in inflation in inflation adjusted terms, Mm -hmm. was the was the second best domestic box office of all time in the United States. I could see that one point five billion dollars. My question for you is: Do you know what the best selling box office of all times domestically was in in inflation adjusted dollars? So Jaws. You, you can play too, Sarah. Jaws. Interesting choice.
0: No, it's got to be another uh, like a big trilogy. Maybe like Lord of the Rings. Let's say Lord of the Rings for me.
1: Good guesses, guys. Mm-hmm. The answer actually Gone with the Wind. Really? You oh, know. I should have
2: known. that. It's back a classic. In the day, I love that movie. Inflation and just
1: one point six four billion dollars just in the U.S. box office. Uh, anyway, that, that didn't answer your question. It didn't in any no, way. not at all. <laughs> but I thought it was great random trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the point I was trying to make ten minutes ago. Um, Star Wars franchise, you know, obviously you can continue to make movies like this. This is a great for a company uh, like Disney, which, you know, not only sells the figurines, but also, you know, monetizes in a zillion different ways. Mm. I think that's going to be kind of the key for for a company uh, like a Disney that's got the theme parks, it's got the merchandise, it's got all these different ways to, to to take advantage of a franchise like a Star Wars. And I think that there is a lot of upside. 25% seems aggressive to me since mm. Disney's so large, but I do think that it's a good move by that company. Sarah, what's your take? 25%?
2: I have to agree with Simon that I'm going to take the under on 25%, but I do just uh, sit back in astonished awe at Disney's (laughs) continued outperformance. As a shareholder myself, I love it, and uh, being able to follow it for the fool and know that a lot of our fellow fools are are behind it as well is great, but that company just keeps doing exactly whatever people seem to want it to do. It just keeps creating magic.
0: It's true. Uh, are you guys going to be lining up uh, opening night Star Wars Episode Seven?
1: The Force Awakens is J.J. Abrams. Yeah, shoot, yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's a family show. Shoot, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Sarah?
2: Um, I'll probably wait uh, till the next week or something like that, but I am looking forward to seeing it.
0: Absolutely. All right, real quick uh, Etsy, the craft website, went public in April at $16 a share. Today, it's trading around $20 a share. It's reporting its first quarter as a publicly traded company later this afternoon any predictions at all for how things are going to go? Simon, I know that uh, Shake Shack, when they reported their first quarter, they just knocked it out of the park, obviously a much different business uh, than Etsy. Uh, Give me yes or no. Are they going to be positive? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Sarah have you ever made any craft uh, designs that you wanted to sell on Etsy uh,
2: no I haven't Mark but I have purchased some things on Etsy and mm-hmm. I think what's uh what I what makes me a much more solid yes answer to this question <laughs> is that the company does seem to have a very good system in place to kind of scale up fees and things like that the mm-hmm. more that sellers uh, you know as sellers become more successful the company itself becomes uh, more successful alongside them so I think we will see um, good results today. Right,
1: I'd definitely be interested and, in this. And Mark, just to clarify grammatically, <laughs> my, my C, yes, was, yes was was ended with a question mark at uh, the end there. It wasn't shoot yes Correct. this time around? <laughs> That's All right. right. No, shoot uh, yes. Last
0: but certainly not least, Mondelez International, makers of the world-famous Oreo cookie, has announced that beginning May 22nd, you'll be able to buy s'mores-flavored Oreos, and we were talking about this before the show. It seems like a big opportunity to just call these s'morios, but the marketing <laughs> team seems to have passed on that. I don't understand. Get on the ball, guys.
2: That may be last and least, Mark.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that, Sarah. <laughs> so, Will you be eating a s'moreo around the I'll campfire? I'll try one. I'll yeah? try one. I'm a little confused how you how you eat an Oreo around the campfire. Well, you have a you have a s'more around the campfire. You bring in Oreo that's flavored like a s'more. It's the best of all worlds. Fair enough. Simon, what is one Oreo flavor
1: you would like to see or perhaps your fla- favorite oreo flavor well you know i'm a big fan of the chipotle barbacoa bowl oh. so i'm gonna go with the barbacoa oh oreo oh god that's... the barbacoa shoot, no shoot, no <laughs>
0: uh, sarah what's your favorite
1: flavor of
2: oreo i'm a classicist i like the traditional classic plain oreo <laughs> in a glass of milk
0: you know what Boring. i'm okay with that yep. shoot no all right uh, send us your questions comments and potential oreo ideas to radio at fool.com if we have any good ones we'll talk about them on the show simon erickson sarah hobb guys thanks for being here. Thanks, Mark. Fool on. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Mark Reith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.